Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. This is Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty podcast. I'm one of the hosts here, Charles Chuck. Too tall, Stuck Thompson. With me, as always, the one who knows just about everything there is to know, just like it only takes 15 days to slow the spread, which is, I believe, the same advice you had back in the day, Nate, Mm -hmm. Mr. Nathaniel Paul Thurston. How's it going on this anniversary, this wonderful anniversary Two weeks is all we're asked. That was a, it's all we ask. Two weeks. Plus 50 more weeks. Is all we need. And then another 30 or 40 weeks after that. I think I saw Biden. He said, by the time July 4th rolls around, you might be able to do the things you normally do. Yeah. Which is you might weird. might have some freedom. Which is weird because last July 4th, I spent with my entire family doing stuff. Oh. So man. part of the problem, I know. That's part of the the main issue. Not Dave Smith, not the Dave Smith podcast. No, just no. like legit part of the problem. No, I, you. I was watching some of the old Trump press briefings, and I was watching the ones uh, specifically related to when they announced the 15 days to slow the spread. One thing that was really weird, I noticed they were all up there. Dr. Fauci, uh, Burks, Trump, 15 other people on stage, all right next to each other. No masks, nothing like that. And it was March 16th, and, and, and no mask or anything. Even Fauci was up there mm-hmm. without a mask. Wasn't that weird? It was. Isn't that weird? It was such common sense knowledge that you have to have the masks on, that they were still doing major press briefings on how we could slow the spread of the virus and not even wearing masks while they were up there. Well, because then they had to tell people that masks weren't a good idea. I know. Because they didn't have any. I know. It's weird. They didn't have enough production of masks. <laughs> I do hope, uh. Uh, uh, like Magoo said... L.A. was nuts on the last 4th of July, so I really hope we see that again. It's pretty amazing. I don't remember that. Just fireworks everywhere. Really? Just all as far as the eye can see. Just fireworks. And not even allowed to do it. Just fireworks <laughs> everywhere. Just a big old F you. Yeah. It was amazing. I loved it. And apparently climate change is what starts the fires in California. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't those at all. <laughs> Couldn't be the explosions happening. <laughs> so <laughs> that was awesome. Um, so this is one year since 15 days to slow the spread, or as they later changed it to two weeks to flatten the curve. They, mm. they found that that tested better with their... Uh, among the populace. Among the audience. So what, what, do we, what do we have to say about that? The old Milton Friedman quote comes to mind, and I've posted that all over everything today because uh, one really famous quote he's got is, uh, nothing so permanent as a temporary government program. And so you really have to ask yourself, uh, did we do the right thing? Was 15 days just one of those things where they, they got everyone to bend a little bit? And then once they got everyone to do that, they realized that they could keep it that way afterwards. Was it the plan the whole time? 
to say, oh, it's just going to be a little bit. Don't worry. Close down for a bit. Don't be around anyone. A couple weeks, everything will go back to normal. It'll be fine. And then once everyone switched their lives, they're like, yeah, we'll just keep it like this. Mm -hmm. Look at all the power we have. This is amazing. I will give Trump a little credit that there wasn't much. I will. Well, it wasn't as strong arm of a federal push to actually mandate it as it as other things have been in the past. No, although the the federal government does control like aviation, so they didn't didn't really allow planes to fly and things like that with the FAA um, and certain things like that. But he largely left it up to the states, and almost all the states literally closed everything down. Yeah, there were forty three states that signed on with the uh, fifteen days to slow the spread thing at, at the beginning. So a lot of the states decided to go along with it. But you are right; we talked about that a lot during the the campaign and everything with Trump that. There were a lot of instances where the federal government could have came in and strong-armed a lot more things, and we're not making excuses and saying, oh, see, it was good to have that benevolent dictator in charge. That's that's not what we're saying. But I do think Trump deserves credit where credit is due. Yeah. There were a lot of things he could have tried to do through executive orders that actually they just ended up saying were left up to the states, yeah. which, is, which is better. And so does Biden. Yeah. Biden hasn't came in and implemented a mask up a mandate. Not not for all of us. No one's right. just on federal property. Right. Which they have their jurisdiction over, I guess. So, right. So that's he fine. has made some changes to the CDC, but he hasn't really come in and and, you know, shut everything down. In fact, things are still opening back up. Yeah. Uh, AMC is one of the stonks. It was it was a meme stonk from the Wall Street Bets group, but it was up. Uh, this just this uh, last couple of days because they're actually opening up their theaters. Mm. So now that Trump's gone, we can open everything up. Oh yeah, everything's <laughs> safe now. It's so. safe. Um, so we have this article here from National Review. I'll run through just a little bit of recap on this 15 days thing. And really, the point we have to hammer home is you can't give the government an inch, or they'll they'll take a billion miles. They'll take a trillion. They'll take 27 trillion miles. All right. You can't give them an inch. That's what if you give a mouse a cookie, he'll murder your entire family. You know, that's what I was always told. So don't you give them your gold. They'll don't make do it, it illegal. Yeah. So, I still can't believe that they were able to confiscate everyone's mm -hmm. gold in America. Mm, I can't believe they were able to pass an income tax or institute the Federal Reserve. Yeah, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of things. The I hell are our ancestors thinking? I can't believe they were able to put all people of a certain race into internment camps. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm so angry at my my grandpa's grandpa's grandpa. Yeah, this really is what our, an idiot. This really is our grandparents' fault. Yeah, or our great grandparents' fault. It is, and we're trying to pick up the pieces. And just remember, you're doing this to your great grandchildren. Also, mm -hmm. whatever stupid things you're allowing the government to do right now, you're doing this to your great grandchildren. And someday, when they're on a podcast and they're talking about whose fault this is, they're going to say. My great grandparents, so they really just bent over when the government told them to bend over. This is why you should look in the mirror, thing. take responsibility. This is your problem, mm -hmm. everyone. This is your fault. Yeah, we can't okay? punish our ancestors now. It's too late for that, unless they're white. We can do that. <laughs> so from National Review, we shut down for way more than 15 days and still didn't slow the spread. I'm oh, weird. <laughs> yeah, we might have talked about that, too, by the way. This might be the largest failure of a government program that <laughs> there has ever been, honestly. Which was really a high bar. I mean, <laughs> it really is. Yeah, there's been a lot of failures in government. <laughs> On Monday, March 16, 2020, the White House advised all Americans to avoid gathering in groups of more than 10 
and urge older people to stay at home in a set of new guidelines designed to fight the coronavirus outbreak, labeling the effort 15 days to slow the spread. Although they should have urged older people not to go to nursing homes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. If that's your home, don't go there. In New York, they urge old people to only go to nursing homes, and preferably if they were sick. That set of restrictions later was summarized as two weeks to flatten the curve. Y'all remember the old two, the curve that was going on out there mm -hmm. and all the major newspapers and whatever they are these days printing this mass, this nice curve. And here's what would happen if we all just stayed indoors and didn't have our, didn't do any business whatsoever and didn't see our families. And if we just did this, then we were going to flatten this nice curve and it was going to be great. Mm -hmm. Everything was going to be good. That set of restrictions later was summarized two weeks to flatten the curve, a slogan that grew more bitterly ironic as the pandemic and its quarantine restrictions dragged on and on and on. Now for more than a year. <laughs> it even brought out uh, Stool Presidente. What's his name? Uh, Dave. Dave Portnoy. Oh, yeah. yeah. In Barstool Sports. Yep. He had a nice rant about that. That call for a voluntary avoidance of large groups quickly morphed into far-reaching restrictions upon the most basic rights and normal activities of American citizens. 43 governors issued orders directing residents to stay at home and non-essential businesses to close. But one year ago, our leaders in government and public health spoke as if we were entering a severe but short-lived irritation. Quote, if everyone makes this change or these critical changes and sacrifices now, we will rally together as one nation and we will defeat the virus and we're going to have a big celebration together, President Trump said. He said they're very fine people on both sides. Quote, <laughs> with several weeks of focused action, we can turn the corner and turn it quickly and a lot of pro progress has been made. Quote, mm. Dr. Burks also unmasked at the podium. <laughs> said, quote, if everybody in America does what we ask for over for over the next 15 days, we will see a dramatic difference and we won't have to worry about the ventilators. We won't have to worry about the ICU beds because we won't have our elderly and our people at the greatest risk having to be hospitalized. All right. Dr. Fauci added, quote, the guidelines are a 15 day trial guideline to be reconsidering. It isn't that these guidelines... Could have saved you 15% or more, too. Yeah. Now, they, uh, Trump had said, Trump said in the press conference that this could go all the way until June or July or August. He said yeah. it. And Dr. Fauci made sure he came up to correct Trump that it might not have to go until that time. Okay? So he said these guidelines are a 15-day trial guideline to be reconsidering. It isn't that these guidelines are now going to be in effect until July. What the president was saying is that the trajectory of the outbreak may go till then. Make sure we don't think that these are solid in stone until July. So he was making sure Trump accidentally said that we might have to do this until the summer of last year. 15 okay. days could save 15% or more of, of lives uh -huh. from the coronavirus. That's, that was the slogan. I don't know why they didn't use that. <laughs> Back on March 16, 2020, there were plenty of signs that normal life wasn't coming back quickly. The same day as White House's announcement, the CDC urged Americans to cancel or postpone events with 50 more attendees for the next eight weeks. And really the point here is what we started off with. If you, I'll say it correctly this time, if you give a mouse a cookie, he's going to want a glass of milk. All right. That is what the government does all the time. They mm -hmm. want all the milk. Actually, if you give the government a cookie, they're going to want to nationalize milk production. Mm -hmm. 
all right? That, that's what they'll actually do. And so you gave them just a little bit, and once they get a taste of it, you just give the government a little bit of your freedom meth out there, then they want to take it over for good. And you, and you open the door for it. Okay, we'll do, yeah, we'll do this, we'll go home. And they get you to do it because they said two weeks and then everything's going to be okay. So everyone closes down voluntarily. This is going to be just for a little bit. And then they're like when you're, like when your family member's trying to teach you how to swim and they're like, oh, just swim to me right here. And what they do is they keep backing up the whole time. Mm -hmm. Like you only have to swim the right here. And what they do is they just keep backing up the whole time and you have to keep trying to swim. And eventually you drown, you know? <laughs> that didn't happen to me, but my aunt used to have me jump in and swim to her and then she would just back all the way up to the back of the pool after like, I jumped in. What the in hell are you doing? Yeah, yeah, that's what the government does, all right? But that's, the pool's never ending. It's a never-ending pool. It's, a, it's and they, an infinity pool. <laughs> and they'll build more pools behind it yeah. with your money. Yeah. They'll keep expanding the pool, okay? So you just... We, talk, we talked about this a year ago, all right? When you, there was no way that this was ever going to be temporary. I remember having conversations with my wife about the mask thing, even as late as July and August last year. She's like, there's no way we're going to be wearing masks into the end of this year. That's not going to happen. There's no way this is going to go on into next year. And as soon as we started doing the masking at places and, and all that, I'm like, this is going to be for several years that this is going thing. to happen. This it's, is this is it. This is the the new normal now because there's no there's plenty of incentive to force people to wear masks when they come in your store. There's little incentive to say that people don't have to wear them anymore because then you're liable at least on social media every time that there's an outbreak or every time someone dies. And so once you put things like this in place, there's no political incentive to actually take them away afterwards because there's not really much benefit to you anymore, especially if you're working in public health. Um, Amanda did a great article that we posted on the website uh, talking about the perverse incentives of public health officials, and that really is the case. Once you give them that power, once you start using these restrictions, there isn't an incentive to remove those because then you could be liable for every bad thing, at least in the eyes of the media, for every bad thing that happens after mm -hmm. that. I told her, the local government politicians aren't going to want to release these restrictions. Every single person that dies is going to be a campaign commercial against them. Ex that is exactly what will happen. You didn't do enough. You didn't do enough. And I, my dad would have lived through this. You literally saw these kinds of things at the Democratic National Convention where the girl got up there and said... It wasn't for Trump. Her, her father's only pre-existing condition was that he was a Trump supporter. You know? <laughs> yeah. Literally, that's the thing that someone said. Yeah. And so that's why you can't give the government mouse, or let's just say rat, you can't give a rat a cookie because then he'll want to nationalize milk production. Yeah. That's, and there you go. There's the moral of the story right there. I think there. the note you have in here is he'll murder your entire family. That's how I heard it. As I was, that's how my granddaddy said it. Yeah. You know, you give a mouse a cookie, he'll murder your entire family. Exactly. Um, and I think that gets the point across too. Yeah. Well, because then he, he wants the cookies that you ate. Yeah. And then he's got to get to them. And, mm hmm. You know, to get to them. Yeah. Got to kill you. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, if you go back and listen to what we talked about a year ago, first of all, man. Hindsight feels so good to be right Two, <laughs> two, what we said in large part, at least the, the, the direction I was coming from, because my fiance now she's my fiance. 
she is an RN. She's a registered nurse in emergency health care. So she got the full brunt, like all the patients she saw was COVID. So in her mind, COVID was everywhere. And it was really everywhere. But in her mind, like everyone was sick and dying. Yeah, because um, everyone she saw was sick and dying. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So the, the, the realities are different. And so what I said in large part was pay attention. I, I said, you should take this seriously, but also pay attention to what happens around you and realize that what they are doing is not necessarily for patient safety. We know we saw Italy get overrun and then America was afraid that they were getting overrun, but the, nobody was talking about the actual problem, right? Because what happens in a market if a market gets overrun? People rush in to produce. Why? Because there's all kinds of buyers. There's incentive out there. People are willing to spend whatever. Why are they willing to spend whatever? Because their life's on the line. Which is funny. Our next episode after the 15 days to slow the spread was talking about price gouging. That was the next. Right. That was the next right. episode. Yeah. Right. But the thing about it is, is like when the prices go up, more market makers come into the play because they want to make things for the market so that. People don't run out of supply. The real enemy here was all the regulations in the healthcare market. But you saw that government did what government does best. They set up those pop-up hospitals and 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 the the compassion ship and sent them to New York and all that stuff. They had an extra like thirty thousand beds and they used thirteen of them and spent millions of dollars doing all these things because of because they had these crazy government contracts where these ambulances had to send them to certain hospitals and so they couldn't even use the temporary hospitals and stuff and so the, the you know did the healthcare workers get overrun a bit yes but why did they, why did they get overrun did they get overrun because a virus was going rampant or because we didn't have the uh, free market in place to be able to solve for that problem for them to be able to open up Floors of rooms that they have in their hospitals. C certificates of need come come in, come to mind. Yeah, right because then. they weren't yeah. able to open up that extra building that they needed be or, that be or they wanted to open because somebody challenged them in a lawsuit. So the real, we were just dealing with symptoms of age old problems that that really make our healthcare system draconian. You know, we could have like we talk about all the time, and this is such a, <clears throat> such a hard thing to think about but just if you could just imagine for a second if the free market was actually unleashed unleashed for the last 100 years where could we be right now we could all have ordered a portable ventilator off amazon probably yeah that would have been flown to our house with a with a private drone that was assigned to our house some tesla ventilators that go to zero to to 96 and 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 0.5 yeah Self-install, you press a button. And 96 was my joke with the oxygen level that you would want to make it to, by the way, not yeah. the speed of the ventilator. Exactly. No? Yeah. Yeah. 96% <laughs> on, the, on the speedometer. Yeah. Spirometer. <laughs> <clears throat> the oxygen, but, on, the oxygen on the, on the mer. Yeah. That's what that's called. So we were, so we were dealing with uh, symptoms of, of years of cumbersome regulations and things that happen inside of our market that when we are overrun, so to speak... The market forces aren't in place to be able to to help with that. So then we have so then we have to go more draconian and do 15 days to slow the spread, shut everything down. 40 million people lose jobs, and you you just you implement you're trying to fix tyranny with more tyranny, 
and it never works. Never works. And how many times, how many disasters, how many catastrophes, how many people have to die before we, I hate to say this, but for, before we wake up, <laughs> America, wake up. <laughs> how many people have to die? How many times do we have to see this play out over and over and over again before we realize that what the greatest enemy is? Well, there's always a proper lefty response to that, which would be something like, well, the 15 days of so the spread didn't work because Trump was out there telling people that the virus was a hoax. And so no one paid attention to, to two weeks to flatten the curve. And if the Republicans would have just paid attention to that, then then we wouldn't have had the 500 and something thousand people die that have died so far. But mm -hmm. Miraculously, what I've learned on Twitter is that not a single person in the U.S. would have died from coronavirus we would have been the only country uh, in the world to have no deaths from coronavirus. If Hillary Clinton was if president. If Hillary Clinton was the president. Yeah. Yeah. They would have all died from other causes. <laughs> yeah. A lot more suicides. <laughs> all right. Natural. They would have been yeah. natural suicides. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to cut in here and tell you about our sponsor, BetterHelp. You've heard us talk about them before. It's Charlie's favorite app, BetterHelp. You can go to BetterHelp.com or you can download the app. BetterHelp is this great app that pairs you with a licensed therapist. So it's therapy over your phone, all right? If you are having a tough time getting by right now, maybe you're dealing with anxiety, maybe you're just not as happy as you think you should be, maybe you're not finding the meaning in life. You know, we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning. Maybe you're not finding that meaning in your life that you think that you should be. If you're dealing with anxiety, with depression, with relationship problems, BetterHelp has got a licensed therapist for you. It's super simple. You just go to the website, betterhelp.com slash GML, and that's going to give you 10% off your first month, by the way. So you go to betterhelp.com slash GML. You make an account. They ask you some questions about yourself, some preferential questions, and they're going to pair you with a therapist that they think will work best for you. If you don't want that therapist, that's fine. You just pick another one. Okay, it's safe, it's secure, it's a way to actually talk to a therapist without having to go into the office much cheaper than going into the office, by the way. Listen, taking care of your brain, of your mental health is super important. I don't know if you know this, but your brain controls everything that you do. Okay, so maybe it would help you to be talking to someone about it. You can message through the app, you can do video call, you can do voice calls, all kinds of stuff with the BetterHelp app. So go get that app. Make sure you sign up through betterhelp.com slash GML to get that 10% off your first month. You tell them we said, hey. There's a recall going on in California, by the way. Oh yeah, I did see this. You know that's happening? They mm -hmm. actually hit the uh, amount of signatures that they needed to hit. Ooh. Yeah, let's talk uh -oh. about that for a sec. This coming from Politico, all these governors in hot water here. Mm. You got Goose, uh, Goosem? Goosem? <laughs> Cuomo? Cuomo's? Cuomo's? Gu Cuomo? Newsom, California recall appears to have enough signatures. So this is very interesting from Politico. California Governor Gavin Newsom acknowledged Tuesday morning that an effort to recall him is likely to qualify for the ballot, setting the stage for an expensive, br bruising battle that will draw national interest to the coming months. You know, what's funny is, is like, if you look at the uh, latest jobs, almost every single state added jobs. Every single state's employment is up. California is the worst. <laughs> they actually still lost 69,000 jobs. 
because literally everyone's moving. Yeah, everyone's taking this opportunity to bail out. Yeah. Quote, this one appears to have the uh, requisite signatures, the Democratic governor said during an appearance on The View. While the recall effort was initially viewed as a long shot, organizers uh, organizers have capitalized on pandemic discontent to collect what they say are more than enough signatures to trigger an election. They're very upset about people capitalizing on the pandemic to achieve a a political goal. Oh, yeah. 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 It's a very bad thing. So terrible. Only one side of the aisle would ever think about capitalizing on what's going on with coronavirus Mm -hmm. to achieve their goals. Yeah. There's no way that they could use this to their advantage. Everyone else can, but they must turn in around 1.5 million valid signatures by Wednesday. What's what's a valid signature? Mm -hmm. We don't want racist, you know, uh, anti-signatures out here. Yeah. How are they going to determine that they're valid? Right. Uh, (laughs) Are we going to validate this with uh, Dominion signature checkers? (laughs) (laughs) Election officials will spend weeks gauging whether proponents have hit the official threshold. But Newsom is no longer waiting for elections officials before weighing in. After months of deflecting questions as the recall effort gathered strength, Newsom embraced a defensive campaign on Monday. He publicly addressed the recall for the first time and rolled out endorsements from a bevy of national elected officials, such as Senators Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, and Cory Booker. The governor has quickly signaled that his campaign will paint the recall effort as an outgrowth of pro-Trump extremists, (laughs) a tactic that could resonate in a deeply Democratic state where the former president was deeply unpopular. He has pointed to a recall proponent having amused about microchipping immigrants and cast the campaign as a stand to safeguard California's progressive values. Quote, immigration issues related to low carbon green growth, our climate policies, uh, policies related to our advancement to end the death penalty or increase the minimum wage or advance pay equity, Newsom said on The View. I say that quite literally. That's what's at stake in this election in this recall. So now to add on to this, Charlie, I put another one on here for you. A couple lines here. They are in the petition and the fundraising effort that Newsom is sending around from StopTheRepublicanRecall.com. They pinpoint who exactly is it that is pushing this recall. So if you want to let everyone know who it is. Who's behind the curtain. This is why. This is how important this is. This is coming from StopTheRepublicanRecall.com, by the way. The recall is powered by a partisan Republican coalition of national Republicans, anti-vaxxers, QAnon conspiracy theorists, (laughs) anti-immigrant activists and racists, and Trump supporters. I thought those were all the same people. I think so. (laughs) They want to overturn. They want to overturn Governor Newsom's election and their victory could threaten California's efforts to fight (laughs) COVID-19. Their victory could threaten California's great efforts and everything they've done to fight COVID-19. If you recall Newsom, we might end up being one of the worst states in the country (laughs) of dealing with COVID. We might lose more jobs from the LA Times, Los Angeles Times. Quote, allied with radical and extreme elements, including groups promoting distrust of government, (laughs) science and medicine, peddlers, QAnon, doomsday conspiracies, patriots, 
ready for the battle in one organization allied with the far-right extremist group, the Proud Boys. <laughs> Instead of fighting COVID-19, that's <laughs> how they frame this. Instead of fighting COVID-19, Republicans are pulling a page from the Trump playbook and attacking Californians. <laughs> In fact, a Republican recall will cost the state $100 million, money that could be used to help vaccinate our communities. <laughs> oh, stop the madness. Oh, God. <laughs> This is, I can't imagine. This is so fantastic. I don't know if we're just all really weird here on the show, but I can't imagine being such a freaking manipulative liar at all times. <laughs> yeah, right. Can you imagine just everything you typed out being this this political PR spokesman lie yeah. all the time? It's crazy. I don't know how they do it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. I don't understand. The media is, is the largest group of psychopathic individuals in the country narcissistic nihilistic <laughs> but they are not machiavellian just so everyone knows and as a misproperly improperly used term just wanted to make sure that we get that out there since amanda's here listening but they're right. ma they're macho villains yes what they are macho villains <laughs> yes that's what they are now anyway i just love how they how they put all this together because th <laughs> then if you want to recall newsom well then you obviously are all these things yeah you're radical and extreme you're peddlers of QAnon. <laughs> you're proud boy patriots and so what the conclusion that leads to is when this does go on the ballot and it comes up for a vote if you align with the recall then these are the people that you're aligning with mm -hmm. QAnon, trump racist Anti-immigrants, anti-vaxxers, national Republicans. Is national Republican different? They said Republicans and national Republicans. I don't know. Where, where are all the international Republicans? That's what I want to know. And then how, how at the end of this are they worried about the state spending $100 million? Yeah, I know. Hey, they just got a bunch of money from the stimulus bill. Maybe it needs to allocate some of it towards that. <laughs> That's probably what they you need know? to do. I don't understand why they're so worried about it. Why don't they just pull dollars? it from their pension fund? You know, <laughs> yeah. that'll pay for it. Well, they just start a new tax. I hear they're going to make 15% this year. Just use that. Call it a recall tax. <laughs> That's what I say. Oh, okay. I just wanted you to can't. share that with everyone. It's, it's not, it, listen, here's why the recall is happening. We'll just get to that. Mm. Repub Republicans and Democrats in California are fed up with the hypocrisy and all of the politicians out there in California, all right, they don't like their taxes. They don't like the fact that their businesses are still shut down, a lot of them. They don't like all the different mandates coming out of there. And they don't like earthquakes and, and forest fires. Okay? There's, no, there's no way, Nate, you could possibly think that they want this recall because of certain things like Newsom saying, hey, no more than 10 people at Thanksgiving. Yeah. And then a couple days later, there's a picture of him at a party of like 20 something people. Yeah. Where they there's spent, no way that could be it. Where they spent $15,000 just on alcohol. Yeah. You know, there's no way that that had, probably has nothing to do with it. Nothing. There's yeah, because yeah. he's obviously a saint and he was allowed to do that because he was anointed by the, the by the holy all almighty uh, all one. <laughs> um, 
And that's a new, that's, that's the, the one with the universe. And it's because he was anointed and he was, and his people were anointed. Then, uh, the, the COVID-19 couldn't get to him and his crowd, but you and your crowd, you heathens, you no good for nothing. Conspiracy theorists. Amanda, I don't know if you have the numbers. We'll call it. She needs a nickname. AG. Let's call her AG. Mm-hmm. AG. I don't know if you have the numbers, but you said this was the most bipartisan recall effort that there had been. I wasn't able to find the numbers. Anytime I tried to look up numbers, it were the amount of QAnon conspiracy theorists. <laughs> it was the amount of QAnon conspiracy theorists that were signed on to this um, and donors that have all always given money to, to the GOP. Uh, so if anyone has, if any, yeah, is AG too close to Attorney General? That might be too close. Mm-hmm. I just thought it would give her like a, you know, a... a a status of power over everyone in the group, you know? <laughs> Maurice brings up a good point that Trump talked about. They yeah. got to clean their florists, man. Yeah. That's the problem with California. Those damn dirty they, florists. They have dirty floors. <laughs> you know? They have some of the biggest trees, some of the greatest trees ever known to man. Tree cities. <laughs> Tree cities, you know? yeah. Yeah. Forest cities. Forest cities. Inside of there. Sacramento. I've seen the them city all. City of trees. I've seen them all around the world. Yeah. The, and the, are, the, the ones in California are much less flammable than the other tree cities around the world. Yeah, but the problem, the problem is their floors are dirty. Like you just touch them and it just, just goes up. <laughs> That's you know? one of the greatest clips ever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he knows not taking his Adderall before that interview. Um, all right. So I have a couple more things in here. And, and I actually think maybe I'll skip this one because I have two good conversations that came from social media here that we can talk about uh, that can take up the remainder of our time. And so they they start, we start kind of with some dumb bleeps in here. Although I'll say the first one, I don't really mean it as a dumb bleep. And maybe the reason I don't mean it as a dumb bleep is because I know this guy. He's a really good guy. America loving dude. Um, just, I think, has his uh, hatred and discontent misplaced right now currently so i've been talking back and forth with him uh, on facebook and i i just wanted to go over with you guys what i responded with and and what we can actually do about this i so, actually made a response on there did you yeah um clayton says i'm generally not bigsby no no not not that and so th- this post by the way was pertaining to uh, biden is going to cover a lot of the expenditures through tax hikes and so it was opposed to the article that we posted from reason that was on the web that was on the facebook and he's commenting on that he said i'm generally against tax hikes but i'm for it now especially corporate taxes now this is a guy who li- literally is leans very very libertarian and the thing that has pushed him away from being a libertarian is the fact that he's also a police officer. And he said he refused to ever give any support to any libertarians at all. Uh, and he was unfollowing all, except for our page, I guess he didn't unfollow that. Not um, Clay from our live group, though. No, so, yeah, Clay, no, no, no. Clay, this not, is a guy I know from high school. It's a guy I went to high school with. Um, and so he's, he's a really good guy. And, you know, I just want to talk through this. Um, He says the right keeps taxes low for corporations that spit in the face of the American way of life. Let them suffer the full force of the policies they fund. And at first, you know, you can kind of think on that and, and understand, like I understand where the idea behind that comes from. Like these corporations, uh, they use regulations to their advantage. They push 
left-leaning politicians all the time. They push regulation. They push all types of stuff. Uh, fighting for fifteen and they, all. They, and all they this. vote for both sides, or they they pour money into both sides. They do. By the they way. hedge their bets. Yeah. yeah. If you look at if you look at donations in large in large part, uh, most corporations donate to the both parties equally. Yeah. They'll give the maximum contribution to both parties, and then they'll funny funnel money into uh, what are they? Uh, not SPACs, but uh, what are they called? What are those? Uh, how do they get around the rules? Oh, the uh, the political action committees. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you're thinking. You're thinking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> special purpose acquisition companies, I am, which is not. That's, that's not, not right. it. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. So the idea behind what he's saying is these companies need to reap what they sow. Like they're out here pushing for this radical leftist agenda. And they need to suffer the consequences. And if corporate taxes need to go up for them to suffer the consequences, then so be it. This is their fault and they need to deal with it. And I understand the logic on that. I, I get that. Uh, the issue is, it's not only these left-leaning corporations that are going to have to pay the corporate tax. It's all of the other corporations as well. And you don't know what side of the aisle those people lean on. So I can't... I can't support or not support a tax based on what political leaning I think a certain individual has really at all. It's got to be based on economics and how I think the best way to grow the economy would be, what the best thing for the most amount of people would be. And so I can't get behind the tax. And so what I said back to, to Clayton here, not Clay in the group, um, unfortunately, the corporations you want to punish will be able to afford it easily and their smaller competitors will be the ones to suffer along with their customers, because we all know that corporations don't pay taxes. It doesn't matter what you make the corporate tax rate. That is just passed on to the consumers in the price of their goods. And so we'd still be thinking, well, that's going to punish the corporations because they'll have to raise their prices and then maybe they'll do less business and, and all that. So you can still try and make the logic work out in your head on that. I said, along with their customers, if you want to punish woke corporations, then give them some more competition to deal with. Taxes will do just the opposite. So my answer was, if you actually want to punish these corporations, let's make a freer market so they have more people to compete with. Because that is exactly what these companies do not want. Your big car companies, your, your electric companies, your, your Coca-Colas of the world, your Facebooks, and all them out there, well, they don't want any competition. That's like the worst thing that could possibly happen. Walmart, the worst thing that ever happened to Walmart was Amazon. And the worst thing that happened to Amazon is the fact that Walmart's pushing more online delivery. And the worst thing that happened to both of them is if another company pops up and does what they do even better. We can't imagine such a world, but 20 years ago, we can't imagine such a world of, of what Amazon does right now either. Mm -hmm. So you have to you have to be open to the fact that we could have an entirely different economy in 20 years. And Amazon could be this, oh, I remember when Amazon was a really big deal? That was crazy, right? Now we've got X company that's just completely knocked them out of business. And so what I want is a world where that is the most possible thing that could happen. And the most possible, the way to make that the most possible thing that could happen would be to get rid of the regulations to get rid of the taxes on the corporations and make it easier for people to start businesses. That is how to punish the evil left woke corporations is to actually not tax them because then their competitors could grow a lot faster. Mm -hmm. That was my idea. You said you said something too on there. Yeah, I said too, because what we're, he, he, he went on to say that he, um, 
He's more on the uh, philosophical side, and he doesn't really advocate for higher corporate taxes. But he said, I, I'm kind of feeling blackpilled when it comes to corporations. And what I said is like... What is what is that? Well... Does anyone tell me what black... I'm, listen, I'm not, up, I'm not up on the lingo these days. I just found out the fire was a good thing. You know? <laughs> so I don't know what blackpilled is. Blackpilled mean like feeling ill-willed towards corporations. Okay. Like tired of, tired of you know these corporations okay because it sounds racist you know i uh, maybe i don't think so yeah. I, I don't think that's what you he was know, why is it the black pill that gives ill will towards things well it's like you know um i, I don't know <sighs> when you think of it's i don't think it has to do with any person i got you um yeah Martin marie says no hope okay like a you know you take a black pill of death essentially so does a white pill give you hope for everything? I don't know. I just okay. look. I'm just checking. Look, in the yin yang of things. Yeah. All right. You have chaos and order. Yeah. And there's white and black. It's mm -hmm. not has to do with races. It's just Yeah. It's the color or lack No one fears getting put on a white list, okay? It, it's it's literally no color and the lack of color. Yeah. That's all it is. Mm -hmm. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> what I was <laughs> telling him is like what I was explaining, I, I said the corporations are just exploiting the actual problem because the hatred you have towards the corporations, you know, and we see this a lot in the libertarian community. Actually, there are several libertarians that hate corporate welfare, right? Mm -hmm. You're hating the wrong problem. You're hating a symptom of the problem. The corporations, are just they're just exploiting the game that's handed to them, right? As anyone should do. The actual problem is that the government has the power to hand out to corporations like it does. So the, the actual problem is the government has these corporations can fight for $15 an hour minimum wage and the government has the power to pass it because if the government didn't have the power to pass $15 an hour minimum wage. Who cares what the corporations would be saying? They could battle with each other about $15 an hour. What's better? What's not? No minimum wage, whatever. If there was no minimum wage, you wouldn't have corporations trying to get politicians to pass certain things. Mm -hmm. That's the actual problem. The actual problem is the power of the mm -hmm. government to take away the free market. I saw this great guy on, on uh, Bill, Mayer, Bill Maher who was talking about uh, that we live in an age of cronyism. We don't have capitalism. It's literally cronyism. You know, when you have, when you, he was talking about coronavirus and he was saying, you know, when you have the five CEOs from the major airlines making $150 million a year, and then all of a sudden coronavirus hits and everything tanks and they say, we're all in this together. So, well, we weren't all in this together on the way up. <laughs> he said, you have capitalism on the way up and socialism on the way down. And the people who get hurt are the poorest among us. We need to have capitalism on the way up and capitalism on the way down, mm -hmm. right? If you didn't make good enough decisions united for to, 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 to think about a once in a generation pandemic coming to destroy your business, that's your fault. Take the hit, but we don't have that. We have cronyism. We have these bailouts, bailouts of people and corporations and making this law and this regulation and that change. That's the actual problem. And then we just keep kicking the can further and further down the road. Everybody's scared of inflation happening, but now there's, they're tamping that down. Bond yields are coming back down and they're kind of tamping that away. It's just literally kicking the can further down the road so that either by the time we retire, 
there's going to be nothing. Or when our kids are older, there's going to be nothing. Or at least when they're grandkids, it's just all going to literally blow up. <laughs> and our Eventually, faces. it's just going to implode. Yeah. Im- implode. It'll, it'll implode. implode. It'll suck yeah. in. You don't want to see that. I've seen it happen before. Yeah. It's no. really scary. Yeah. And so it, we have to actually deal with the problem. We can't. You can't. <laughs> you know, what? what's a good analogy here? Like. You can't put Band-Aid on a can on cancer. Yeah, <laughs> like, like that's not gonna work. He's like, oh man, take just put some gauze on that skin cancer you got there, man. That's not gonna work. You actually have to have the right medicine to treat the actual problem. And in this case, the medicine is capitalism, actual yeah. free market capitalism, yeah. and that, that's the and cowbell taking of those taking two the, things taking the power yeah. away from the government. Yeah, that's the actual. The solution. And so it, it, it saddened me to see someone like him who I know has a lot of really great ideas and all this. And I know that this is just really, this is an emotional standpoint. I'm mad at what all these corporations are doing. So if we have to punish them by raising their taxes, then so be it. And the issue is there's millions of corporations out there and you're mad at like 15 of them. And so you'll support a policy that is going to affect all millions and millions of corporations. And so you can try and get back at the 15 that you're mad at. And what's actually going to happen is it's going to hurt them. Because my analogy I used back with him was, well, why don't we just push for a $15 minimum wage to hurt these corporations? Why has it got to be a corporate tax? And that one's a little bit easier to see. Well, because obviously that would hurt a lot of the smaller businesses. They wouldn't be able to handle that. Well, that's the same conversation that you should have when you think about raising taxes to try and punish these people. It's just, and that is like what uh, like what AG just said, you're not punishing the people you want to punish. Elon Musk is going to be just fine, no matter what. And I did say that to him, that these, these corporations will be just fine. Whatever you raise the corporate tax rate to, They'll be just fine because they've got the market share. They've got the infrastructure to raise their prices to whatever they need to raise their prices to. They're in bed with the regulators, probably, literally, uh, more than likely. And and so they'll be just fine. They're going to pass it off to their consumers, which is going to be you and me and your family, and make it harder for everyone to do business, make it harder for you to actually grow a business, or maybe if you don't want a business, someone else who wants to grow a business. And so it's, even if you're mad at the corporations and you want to take it out on them, it's not the proper way to do it. The best way to get back at these corporations is by making it easier for competition to pop up and punch them in the mouth, man. Mm -hmm. Just punch them right there in the mouth, okay? Just imagine if we had some internet regulations in 1997 that said, if you're going to start a, an online book sales company, then we need uh, we need you to pay this $10,000 licensing fee every, and we're going to comb through all of your stuff on a, on a monthly basis and make sure that we approve everything. And you need a license for every book that you're going to sell on your online book marketplace. And uh, then you got to fill out the proper form D.1F7 uh, for each book that goes out. And actually, we need to comb through the content of each book and make sure that it's the proper versions of the textbooks and the proper versions of the books and all that. And then eventually what you see is, uh, well, that's really good for walmart because then books you just, a million it's really good for barnes and noble mm-hmm. it's really good for all those companies because you just probably stopped amazon from being created and so you always have to or at least made it really hard and slowed down their growth uh, uh, quite a bit 
And so you have to look out into the future and say, what new companies that we can't even imagine right now are we stopping from being created? The unseen is, a, is an imp almost impossible thing, unless we're talking about stuff with coronavirus a year ago. And we, some people it's unseen and some people it's not. But you have to ask yourself, what new businesses could be created? Is this really it? Have we reached peak capitalism? And now we need to spread it all out amongst everyone? No, we haven't. Every society thought that they were at peak capitalism and then something new came along. We think that cell phones and, and Teslas and Amazon are the best that it's going to get for humanity. It is with that attitude, all right? <laughs> it will be. If you as you're wearing your SpaceX shirt. Yeah. If you, as you construct all these ways to make it harder for new businesses to pop up, yeah, sure. Yeah, this could be the peak of capitalism if you don't allow it to, to continue on. But if you actually allow it to, to continue on, I promise you, in 20 years, we'll be laughing about the cell phones that we have right now. We'll be laughing about how terrible Amazon was and we thought it was this amazing thing. I guarantee you, man, mm -hmm. we're going to be. Just like dog DT it. We have, I had my first Nokia phone that had, you know, just little numbers on it. And a, and you a, could play snake on it. And a screen that, yours had snake? Yeah. Richie. Look at Richie Rich over here snake having snake on, on his phone. Wow. Man. No. Um, look, Nokia's, what's their share price at? <laughs> <laughs> In okay? Check I love, out. I I love all y'all. I got to go. Yeah. Night, so, send us out of here. Anyway, y'all. Actually, I was about to end the show anyway. So you have to actually pay attention to what are we stopping from being created in the future because every society thinks that we've hit the peak, that this is the top. And so that kind of thinking could actually do us in. All right. If you can uh, name me what song title that was without Googling it, then we can be best friends. All right, y'all. We're not going to do any ads. I would never tell you to go to mastermystonks.com and use the promo code SAVE20 if you want to start learning about the stock market and you've never learned anything before. If I were going to do an ad, I would tell you about the 300 videos on there and constantly newly uploaded videos and a private Discord server where I go live every morning. If I were going to do an ad, that's what I would do, but I'm not going to talk about it. Okay, you, can, you don't have to listen to me talk about it. You can just go in the show notes where it says mastermystonks.com and use the promo code SAVE20 to save 20% off your first two months. Okay? And then you can also go to patreon.com slash liberty, Join for as little, five, as little as $5 a month. Okay? $5 will make us holla to you through Discord privately, like all these fine people. We've got fine people on both Discord servers. Okay, so you can come in here, interact with us. They just got to see Charlie walk off set. He was so mad. All right, so go to patreon.com slash Liberty. Join. If you do a whole year, you get 15% off. That's a good deal right there. Let me tell you what. All right, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your communist uncle, and tell your socialist cousin that they don't need to be like their batshit crazy dad. Go listen to the Good Morning Liberty podcast. Until next time. You stay classy and you have yourself a good morning liberty.